Welcome to Minimalish. I'm your host, Desiree, and this is a podcast about minimalism, sort of. It's a podcast about how living with less stuff and less distractions can help us focus on what's most important. So what you'll find here, of course, we will talk to cluttering and living with less, but we'll also talk about the important things in life and how to approach them intentionally. We'll approach topics of motherhood, home life, relationships, work, our health, and the important things in general that fill up our days. And what you won't find here, a perfectionist version of minimalism. I'm a mom, a full-time teacher, and a podcaster, and I've found the version of minimalism that you may find on Instagram or Pinterest to be unattainable. We aren't minimalism purists here. We're simply focused on living with less in a way that's realistic to us. It's a version of minimalism I personally like to call minimal-ish. The goal is not living with less for the sake of less here, or to make sure our homes make us look like a minimalist. The goal is living with less in a real way so that we can have more time and space and energy to focus on what matters most. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dive into this week's episode. Hi friend, welcome back to Minimalish. I am so excited to share today's episode with you because it's a really fun one. Today I have Kat Steck of the Junkyard Journals on to talk about her cross-country move where she sold pretty much all of her things and then rebought pretty much everything she needed to furnish a home secondhand as well. And another important aspect to note is that she's a mom to two little kids. So she was able to make this kind of move with kids. Whether or not you're moving, this is a great episode if you want to kind of just branch out into buying things secondhand more, especially for your home. We talk about how she did it, what made her decide to do it, and how she actually sold so many items or at least like got rid of them secondhand rehomed them in some way rather than just dropping off tons of loads at a thrift store which is okay too but she did it a little bit differently and she shares about all of that she also shares how she bought almost everything for her new home secondhand and this is the part of the episode that has tons of tips of just how to acquire things for the home secondhand. Lots of strategies there. We also talk about buying bigger items secondhand that some people might be hesitant to do so, like a couch or a mattress. Things that sometimes we're a little bit iffy about if we should bring these into our homes secondhand. So whether you are new to secondhand shopping or it's something you love to do, you're gonna love this episode, especially because Kat is just such a fun person to talk to. So we had a lot of fun in our conversation and I hope you have fun listening to it. So let's dive right into my conversation with Kat. Well, I'm so excited to have you back on the podcast, Kat. It's been probably like three years. I don't know. That's crazy. That is crazy. It seems like we were just doing this together. I know. Well, um, you just like recently had a big move in your life. You moved across the country from Los Angeles to Nashville. Okay. I knew it was to Nashville, but I couldn't remember where you were before that. So that's where I want to talk a lot about that today and really just kind of how you have sold all of your things to do that, (laughs) which I think is just, um, it's been super fun to follow your journey and you've shared a lot of it on social media, but before we get there, it has been three years since we talked on the three podcast. years both so, of us moved multiple times a couple babies in there yeah a lot has happened since we yes so can you just give us a quick like who you are what you do whatever you want to tell us about yourself and then we'll talk all about moving and selling things and buying secondhand So I'm Kat Steck. I run an Instagram account, which is how I know Desiree. Um, And I am just on there a lot sharing um, easy, sustainable tips for families um, that are within uh, budget and um, easy things to do to shop secondhand um, and to pause before buying new things. Um, So a little bit of conscious consumerism, a little bit of eco-friendly things, and a lot of just real life motherhood sharing on there. Yeah. And it's just, I, if anybody who's listening is not following you, they need to go follow you because I just, it's just fun. It's fun to follow you. You're funny <laughs> and your adventures and like secondhand shopping and reselling that you share 
it's I feel like it's so relatable. A lot of the things I think are some of the reasons why people are afraid to shop secondhand and you just kind of like embrace those things and show that it's okay. Like we can get over those little roadblocks. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) So anyways, let's dive in talking about your move. Um, because, you know, I think last time you were on, we talked about shopping secondhand first, and that is a great place to start with secondhand shopping, but you are really like, I feel like you mostly like a lot. What would you say? Like percentage wise, the things that I you would buy? say 99.9%. So basically we sold everything in LA, um, to the point that we could move our family with our minivan, like the back of our minivan full basically of stuff. Um, and the only things I bought new that I can recall off the top of my head right now, I might be missing a couple of things for our house were, um, towels because my kids got a stomach bug within like 10 hours of getting here. So it was like, this just needs to happen. Um, no time to like ask them buy nothing for something like this. Um, toilet brushes, because it's like the one thing I just can't do secondhand. I don't know. I feel like that's a reasonable one. Um, and curtain rods, a couple of our second, our curtain rods are secondhand, but I just couldn't find enough and I needed to get started on it. So I think I bought two curtain rods new, but everything else, toys, clothes, furniture, all the furniture, um, plates, you know, anything you can think of. Um, I was able to source secondhand for the house and it's a sick addiction. I would say at this point, like it, it is, I really think it's, um, it can be like easy to do and all of us should be doing more of it. But I also encourage people, you know, to, to notice how deep in they get so quickly because it is fun. I know Desiree, you have gotten really into thrifting too. I don't know if you can speak to that, but like, um, I just feel like it gets really addicting to like, know that you can find something secondhand, know that you can like use resources that are already out there and also like save money too. I'm like, I could find that secondhand. I'm not getting that at Target and like to a fault, (laughs) you know? Yeah, for sure. I am especially addicted to my buy nothing group and I'm sure like your move has kind of, you've enjoyed that part of it in some ways. But I want to know, like, what led you to decide to sell everything? Because I think a lot of people probably kind of feel a similar urge. We, when we moved from Virginia to Pennsylvania, like years ago, four years ago, maybe we sold a lot of things too. So we could get just like a small moving truck, but you sold almost everything. So what led you to do that? Yeah, we had some different like ideas of the plan. And at one point we were going to buy a used trailer and tow the trailer and then sell the trailer, you know, all these like elaborate plans, but it ended up just being the cost of moving. I knew that I could furnish my place cheaper than I could move my stuff to furnish. And I was like, I like thrifting anyway. I'm going to want the house to feel different and the spaces are just going to need different things. Like our kitchen table wouldn't work in like a new kitchen kind of thing. I'm going to want like new things for the layout of a house. Um, And it was going to cost like, I don't know, like upwards of between five and $10,000 to move us um, cross country. And we're actually only going to be in Nashville. The plan is only to be here for one year. Um, It's for my husband's job. So like we have to move here and then to another location as well. So the cost of that as well, um, we just decided that why not just sell it all? Because I knew that I had the skills to, and the motivation to thrift it all again. So, um, when we were packing up, when we were, um, deciding what to keep, um, it was really important to me to keep things that, um, would make my daughter, my four-year-old, I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old, my one-year-old, you know, doesn't really understand what's going on, but for my four-year-old, most of what we kept was her things to make it feel normal um, in this house. So like her pillow, her linens, her stuffed animals, like that's mostly what was in the minivan. Everything else was replaceable. 
I like that you, you know, you kept some things and especially like her things that she's attached to. Um, it seems like a very intentional choice. Was it hard? Like, was it hard to get rid of not just the actual action of like selling it? We'll talk about that. Right. But was there anything, was there anything that was hard to let go of? Or are you kind of detached enough from your stuff at this point? Do you think? I don't know. It was so random, especially when I got here and I was unpacking, I was like, why did I keep like what I chose to keep is very strange. I feel like I got to a point where I was, I wasn't aware of what decisions I was making anymore because it was just, I think I started so early on um, decluttering and getting ready for this move that I, I just kind of got decision fatigue at the end. So I think I actually sold and gave away things that I would have thought to keep. Um, and then I kept weird stuff too, you know, like why did like our potato masher come, but like things that were sentimental to me didn't come, you know what I mean? Like I could have gotten a potato masher for 25 cents somewhere, um, you know, at a thrift store, any thrift store. Um, so I think I kind of was able to detach at near the end of the process. Um, and there's, there's very few regrets I feel like, but I also feel like I'm going to start remembering things. Like, especially as we move to our next place, I think I'm going to be like, Oh, why didn't I keep that? That would have looked so good in this, in this space. But I kind of have like a feeling now with stuff that like, it just comes and goes and something will come again. Um, so I don't feel that attached. Um, I feel like it's been like a nice practice in like letting go. Um, and I found some, some really cool things here that fit our house well. So I feel like overall I've been happy with happy with the decision to do it. Yeah. I, I think that's so normal, like to have some feelings of, I don't know if you even would call it regret of just like, I don't know, sadness or why didn't I keep that? Now I have to go find it somewhere else type of thing, but also still feel like that was a good decision when it came to it, to let it go, or it's like not a big deal. And it helps us get less and less attached to stuff. I know not related, well, sort of related to moving because we just moved two years ago. We got rid of almost all of our baby stuff and it wasn't a far move. It was like 20 minutes down the road move. So we could have brought that stuff with us Mm -hmm. but I didn't know at the time if and when we were adding to the family and I just I mean we we had a bigger moving truck and it was full so then there were things that had to go and so now that we've had a second child sometimes I think like oh it would be nice to see them both in like the same I don't know whatever baby swing like Not really that, but I, I can't think of what I've actually thought that about, but I've had those thoughts, but it really doesn't mean that like, I shouldn't have decluttered them or like, that was a bad decision. (laughs) You know, I, if I really need that thing, I can probably get it for free or secondhand. So. Yeah. I think it made me really aware of how much is replaceable, you know? Um, and not that I have like all the funds in the world to just keep replacing things, but I started thinking like, if I really was missing this, what would I do? And it's like, this would probably be available on my buy nothing group. I could maybe walk into a thrift store and get this. If I was really dying to have it, how much would it cost for me to look it up on eBay and have it sent to my door? And so many of those decisions, it was like, I don't know, like a $25 thing. And I'm not going to do it for all of those things, but just knowing that I could, if I've made, if I've made a horrible mistake, um, you know, having the ability to replace things, um, was a nice thing, but I think, um, what you're saying is so true because both of us had a similar age gap between, I think actually maybe the exact age gap between, um, our, our two kids. And so I had, I had given away a lot of our baby stuff. I actually lent out a bunch of baby stuff that I had forgotten about. And when I, when I got pregnant, it, a lot of it came back to me. Um, but I was so glad to be able like multiple babies used, um, those things. Like we had a bassinet that multiple babies used in the span of my two girls. And I'm like, I'm so glad I didn't store that because like it was able to be used by 
three or four families in the meantime, and it makes those things so much more special. Um, but also when I lend things out, I'm always considering like, this might not come back, but it's most of the time it's replaceable and that will be okay with me, you know? So yeah. just kind of um, letting go of those things. But I mean, there's a, there's a lot of factors there, especially like, I know a lot of people, um, especially with how hard times are financially right now, like the risk of not having things when you need them um, can feel really great. And that's a reasonable consideration. But I also think that sometimes that scares us into not getting rid of anything. Um, and it's not necessarily things that we would be in a pinch without later. Um, so like if, I don't know, because I, I find myself feeling that like scarcity mindset thing, especially at the beginning of our um, decluttering and moving process. Um, and I, other people in my household, I've, <laughs> I've noticed that, um, you know, mindset with too. And just thinking about like, if I didn't have this and I, and I thought, um, you know, I was looking for it, like, what could I use instead? And there's so many things that like, okay, if I didn't have the potato masher, which for some reason I did bring, but like, what could I use instead to make guacamole, like a fork, you know, like I could mash a potato with a fork. I could make guacamole with a fork. Like there's so many things that I don't know that I got rid of that. I was like, why did I even have this in the first place? I have eight other things that could fill this, this purpose. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, like you said, there are reasons to keep something and like things like baby things that we might not be putting in immediate use to, but we know in the future we're going to use it. We have that like plan, you know, there, if you can keep it, you can keep it, but you were making right. a cross country move. Like <laughs> there was a reason you were selling all of your things. Moving is terrible. I think I, I don't like it. Um, but the worst part for me is like all the packing and the unpacking. So you didn't really have to do too much of that. Was all of the selling, like, do you feel like it was just as much work or I don't know, how did it compare? Unpacking is worse than waiting for people to come on Facebook marketplace that never show up. I don't know which one I would take. Yeah. Um, you know, mostly it was a great experience, but it definitely towards the end, I was like, I don't care how this gets out. I'm not going to throw it in the trash, but I am going to like, at the end, I was putting things out on my curb and then posting like big picture on buy nothing group of like 10 labels, like this, this, this come and get it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I could have made a couple extra hundred dollars on each of those things. But like at the end, it just was not worth it to me anymore to wait around for people. And I wish I had been a little more strategic I, I was in a way strategic about what I started with selling. Like I put up furniture for higher prices first so that it would give myself time um, to lower the price um, as the time got closer, like putting my time and effort into like the more valuable things. But yeah, it was, it was just a lot to do. I think the fact that I was doing it alone with two kids, like my husband works a very, um, demanding job so it was mostly just me selling taking pictures moving all this crap just like with a baby strapped on me and um my four-year-old was still at home 24 7 with me at the time so um yeah I think for the most part people showed up and people were kind and courteous it just it just was a lot like it was just exhausting to yeah, so much. And to be in a move for so long, I think is what was exhausting about it. Yeah. It's um, when packing stuff, at least I can, I've perfected like how to do it pretty last minute, you know? Yeah. And with selling everything, you have to do a lot more planning, I'm sure. So when, when you, I guess like if someone's thinking, they're going to move. They want to sell a lot of things or they want to get rid of a lot of things. Um, what are some of your tips for selling? Cause you were, one of your goals was to like make up 
some of the moving costs and, or also like have some money for rebuying things. Right. right? So I was able, so I have like a couple random things left in the house to furnish, but I should be well within the money that I um, saved selling stuff, which is awesome, you know, and that doesn't even include like what we would have spent moving. So just purely, um, I keep telling Tom, like, I can still get whatever, (laughs) whatever for the house, because it would have been like $5,000 more to move it, you know, in case there's anything. I mean, like, not that we're going to go into that, but yeah, no, it's nice to have a little wiggle room or at least just some, some, you know, credit in my back pocket to say when I'm, you know, wanting something on Facebook marketplace later, you know? Um, but I'm, I'm definitely within that. And that was my goal to see if I could furnish for the same price that I was able to sell. Um, so I think it, what really helped me, um, like time efficiency wise and making the most bang for my buck was to bundle like items. Um, so, like I would do one area at a time is what I would focus on selling. And it helps that I was in a neighborhood buy sell trade group that let you do like a thread of, um, of selling items. So instead of just like listing a toaster, you could say like, I'm doing a household, um, a household clean out today. And so people would buy multiple items. Like I'm selling my toaster. I'm selling my Tupperwares. I'm selling my things, but it was all like, I would do all kitchen related one day. So I went through, I think like a few months before I went through and I like really, really thoroughly decluttered my kitchen down to like, what will I need for the next month or two in this place? Like absolute necessity to survive. And then everything else I, um, sold at that point so that I was able to like be paring down, which it ended up making me burn out faster, but I don't think that I would have been able to do it otherwise if I had started more last minute. Cause I'm very last minute like you, like I love the rush of a, of a move. Like I need like three days to do it, go hard, <laughs> like, you know, um, but I think bundling like items was the biggest thing because even if you're going to make a little bit less on the whole bundle, you're moving so much more at a time. So like, I'm not going to bother to be with like 18 people coming to do pickups from Facebook marketplace doing like five or $10 pickups. I'd rather just make $50 doing one you know, that gets like most of the stuff out because my goal was also rehoming all of my stuff instead of having to send it to, I mean, of course I had to send something to the thrift store at the end and thrift stores are great, but a lot of the like little odds and ends get lost in the shuffle and end up getting like sent to landfills anyway. Um, so I, my goal was to get as much like into actual hands of people in any way. And then also, you know, make some money back. So I think the bundling really helped me, um, with that. And then also finding people that were moving at the same time, but moving to Los Angeles, because I would ask them like, Oh, did you just move in? Like you're buying all these kitchen things. I'm also selling my entire house. What else are you looking for? And like, I was able to upsell people, um, and give them like deep discounts on things just by helping me move more out of my house. And I would say like so much of my house went that way where I never even listed it. I just kind of was like, what else do you need? And I have those things. I love the bundling idea. I think that that makes a lot of sense that that would help, you Mm -hmm. know, people be able to see, Oh, if they're trying to furnish their kitchen or whatever part of their home, then they see like, oh, there's multiple opportunities from one person. That's less trips I have to take if I'm trying to get things secondhand. Right. Um, As a buyer too, because I've now been on the buying side, I have bought so much from people that do that. And I have been asking people to, so like 
someone who sold um, her dinner plates to me. I asked her, I was like, are you by chance moving? I'm also looking for, and I sent her my entire thrift list that I had in my phone. And she had like 12 items and gave me a really good discount. Like I got all these nice Pyrex bowls from her. They were actually the exact ones that I had sold in California. Um, I got like all her kitchen utensils. She was making a move abroad. And so like she was selling her entire house. So it was like, I could just do a trade out, you know, like sell it there, rebuy it here for almost the exact same price. Like, why would I haul that stuff all the way across country and pay thousands, thousands of dollars to do it? And also, I think a big motivation for me was I knew how cheaply I had gotten all that stuff in California. Like I knew I paid 75 cents at Goodwill for that. Or I found, I mean, my coffee table was really nice, but I also found it on the side of the road, you know? <laughs> and so it's hard for me to accept that I would be paying thousands of dollars to move stuff that I never even paid thousands of dollars for, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I hope you're enjoying today's episode, but I want to take a quick break and thank the sponsors that are making it all possible. The leaves are falling and it feels like we are just getting back to life, back to our routines. Fall comes with a fresh start and also sometimes jam-packed to-do lists. And thankfully, Daily Harvest is a great way to keep you going with some easy to prep food and it's built on organic ingredients that I personally love and feel good about when I consume them. Daily Harvest delivers harvest bowls, soups, flatbreads, snacks, smoothies, lattes, and more and they are delicious. They are built on organic fruits and vegetables. They work directly with farmers to source the best of the best ingredients and they freeze their ingredients at peak ripeness to lock in nutrients and flavor. I've been drinking smoothies for breakfast and Daily Harvest makes it easy to get one of those like creamy, thick, delicious smoothies going in just a few minutes. My mornings have been crazy just trying to get out the door fast, so it is nice to kind of stay on track with a healthy start to my day with one of their smoothie cups. You deserve one less thing to worry about, so let Daily Harvest take care of the fruits and veggies for you. Go to dailyharvest.com slash minimalish to get up to $40 off your first box. That's dailyharvest.com slash minimalish for up to $40 off your first box. dailyharvest.com slash minimalish. I also want to thank mix-ups. As the weather cools down, I am less apt to drink a bunch of water, so I need to make my water a little less boring, and I also don't want to load it up with sugar, so I love mix-ups. Their supplements are their supplements use clinically studied ingredients and dosages to support your natural energy, immunity, and digestive health. They come in amazing flavors. They're formulated to be used every day. You just mix them with water and you are ready to go. They have their Gambrew Energy Drink, which uses a blend of five ingredients that enhances your body's internal energy production without any added caffeine or stimulants. The One-Shot Water Amplifier is a three-in-one product to amp up your water with fiber, electrolytes, and immunity boosters. And the little SH exclamation mark TS is a special blend of fiber and magnesium to support digestion and motility for children and adults. I absolutely love the One-Shot Water Amplifier. The Key Lime is my favorite and it helps me rehydrate after my workouts or it's just enjoyable to sip on in the afternoon as I'm working. Mixups motto always makes me laugh. It is let's be clear. So let's be clear. Mixups lets you get the most out of your water so you can feel your best and pee your best. Right now, my listeners can get 20% off your first purchase, but only when you use the special URL, which is mixups.com slash minimalish. That's M-I-X-S-U-P-P-S dot com slash minimalish. Don't wait, get 20% off today at mixups.com slash minimalish. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I, I want to talk too about 
the ways that you have been like refurnishing your house. So what are some, I know you've been to thrift stores. I'm sure you've been using like Facebook marketplace as well. Um, you talked about like having thrift lists, but what are your biggest tips if someone wants to do something like this? Like what, how are you refurnishing your house? Is it, are you mostly, how, how long ago did you move again? And are you like, what's, what's the state of it all? A month and a half ago, pretty much done at this point. I think the biggest thing that I would definitely do again was the top items that I knew needed to be here right away. Um, like our beds, a couch, um, and things like that. I found on Facebook marketplace beforehand and put deposits on so that we would have them right away when we got here. And I had people send me a video of the actual item so I could check the condition. Um, you know, there's still a risk being taken in that, you know, doing that, but I felt pretty good about knowing the condition of items and, um, putting a down a small enough deposit that I wasn't going to be, you know, completely out of money if, um, if it fell through somehow. Um, so that really helped. Like we had a bed here in our house already that I had delivered from Facebook marketplace, um, went on the day that we got here. So, um, I had that reserved already. I had that reserved, um, a bed for my daughter's room reserved and, um, a couch reserved when we got here. So like that was, you know, pretty good in terms of, um, moving in and having like essential things to, to sit on and to sleep on. Um, so that made the move feel a lot easier. I also just tried to think, especially since we're going to be here for a year, but I think I'll use this moving forward in longer term places too. Like what's essential to the house instead of, um, all the things that not just replacing all the things I had before, but actually like, what do I actually need and want in this room? So like in the living room, what do I actually need in the living room? I need somewhere to sit. I need, you know, a rug if I wanted it to, like, I wanted it to feel homey still. Um, but how can I fill space without just like totally bringing in a ton of clutter that I'm going to have to sell again in a year or move again in a year. So it's helped me be a lot more intentional about that. Yeah. And I think that mindset, like even if someone is maybe refurnishing a home and they are going to stay there for a while, that same mindset can apply. Because I think a lot of times when we move to a new place, we don't know that space yet. We can make the mistake of buying things that we're only going to like for like a month. And then we like, have I made a million mistakes like that still? (laughs) Yes. But I would have made like 5 million otherwise. So I feel like it helped me like curb the most amount of impulsive thrift shopping that I would do otherwise. And now it's just like a little bit (laughs) impulsive thrift store shopping. It's definitely, I'm definitely not like, I think you and I are very similar in that we're not like extremist minimalists in any way. We're just like better than we were before. Yeah, exactly. That's a good right? way to like put making it. Making our own specific progress, um, which me before would have like just been in the thrift store and be like, that's cute. That's cute. That's cute. And keep going, keep going. And now it's like, that's cute. Do I have a spot for that? Yes. Or that's cute. Do I have a spot for that? No, but it's really cute. Maybe I'll find a spot for it. You know, like there's still like a, a small pause there where before I really didn't have any kind of um, self-control on, on bringing on like accumulating clutter. So, um, that's been helpful for me, like, especially going through the process of selling all this stuff and having to recount all of my choices from before. I know that, you know, you know, from moving, like just really harnessing, like the, the visions of yourself moving and like shoveling all of your junk out of a space, like can really help you be more intentional um, in a new space. And that's what I love about moving too. It's like the fresh start. Um, so it's been fun to, fun to furnish the space this way. It is like a, definitely a lot slower, but I feel like I would have wanted to swap things out anyway. So, um, it just kind of cuts out that, that middle piece of moving it, moving it over. Yeah. I think, you know, when we move a lot of times we want to swap things out anyway. So it, it makes sense. And 
the art it's like you've gone through this extreme declutter I mean you have yeah and I'm sure that that has helped your mindset in re buying things because you know that you're going to probably do something similar maybe when you have to move again right right it's definitely made me be a lot more intentional about um I feel myself like I have a bag in each room and I'm like okay that doesn't have a spot I don't need that I'm setting it here for buy nothing group like I'm just like really and trying to be intentional about moving things out quickly that haven't fit or that I've realized I don't need here um which I hope is a <laughs> lifelong practice for me going forward of just like having that you know be a be a part of my life of that not like these huge decluttering sessions but that it's just an ongoing an ongoing thing of of rehoming things quickly when I don't have a use for them anymore yeah so you did that via Facebook marketplace you used your buy nothing group um are there any other things that you utilized when either selling or rebuying um, I definitely, I used some of our consignment shops um, in Los Angeles were a great thing for like kids' toys and books and clothes. Um, but I'm trying to think of with buying or with selling. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's basically it. It was mostly Facebook marketplace, Facebook neighborhood groups, um, and the buy nothing group, um, that really, really got me through. And then I joined my buy nothing group. It was like, I signed up for my, um, utilities, internet and buy nothing group all on the same day. It was like, these are the priorities for moving into a house. Um, because they really were, you know, like, um, in so many ways, the buy nothing group is just, you know, essential to building, um, to feeling like you're in community where you live. And I mean, it's just so helpful if, in a move both ways. It has been so helpful for little things, you know, um, I can't even, I mean, I can't even describe how many random things I was able to rehome moving just like things like you're not I don't know like a Swiffer um <laughs> on both directions you know like a Swiffer is not gonna I mean it might be sold at a thrift store probably would but like just such an easy thing to pass on to a neighbor and such an easy thing to pick up on the other side you know things like that um and that's like I don't know those are like 24 dollars I did not realize and those things add up so quickly, all those, you know, little, those costs add up so quickly. So, um, there's been so many things on the buy nothing group that have been so helpful. Yeah. I think even that is just like a huge tip for moving because I know we've moved a lot, even just from the beginning of our marriage, we have been married for eight years. And I think we've lived in five different places and we, it always feels like it's so expensive once you get to a new home because there are things that you just left behind or maybe not left in your home, but like got rid of right, right. at the end. Just right. things you're like, oh, I don't want to bring just this half filled like, bottle of yeah, Dawn, you know? Exactly. Or like all of my sponges need to be replaced, you know, like things that they didn't necessarily need to be replaced, but buying those all at one time is so expensive. Yeah. And like pantry essentials, things like yeah. that. So you're, there are things that you have to buy and that adds up quickly. And then if on top of it, you're buying new, all of these things that you might not think like, oh, I could find a Swiffer for like free and it might buy nothing group, but it, yeah, it is buy nothing. I love it so much. I, I could do like five episodes on series. <laughs> oh, on totally. It could be a whole podcast. <laughs> yeah. um, it was interesting to see on this move how much cheaper my like initial moving target run was than it would have been in the past. Like I could have easily dropped 500 to a thousand dollars in the past, like easily. Like that's just kind of how it goes in a move. You know, it's expected to like do one of those huge target runs. It was not like that for me here. Um, like, of course I had to buy things. Like I had to buy like salt and pepper, like you're saying, and, um, you know, things like a toilet brush, things like that. But it was like, 
a few random items um, that I had to get there. It wasn't anything like it had been in the past for me. Um, so that was really eye-opening to see how much I had just bought before out of like habit. I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I had done this on vacations before too. We're like, oh, I'm going on vacation. So I'm going to go buy a bunch of trial size products because I'm going on vacation. I don't know. It's like part of the, um, like a ritual almost. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was like a ritual and it was just like, oh, this is what you do. This is what you do when you move into a new house, you buy all new cleaning products, you do all this. Um, and I was just able to like exit that in a lot of ways. And it, it didn't feel like a loss at all. I didn't miss it. I wasn't like sacrificing anything. It was just like, Hey, I can lean on my community for this. Hey, I can forego a lot of this stuff. Um, and instead I can go check out a lot of these new restaurants in my new city with all this money I would have randomly spent at Target, you know, um, like I would way rather have a good Nashville lunch and go, you know, to a new restaurant than buy a new Swiffer at Target, you know, and so it's able to kind of, um, prioritize some, some things and some experiences that feel a lot more important to our family that way. Yeah, that's good. When you think of it like that, it makes it worth the effort. I think not that there aren't other reasons, but that's like a good motivator of like, Oh, I could use this money for things that are more important and like a richer experience, basically. One last thing I want to talk about, um, (laughs) kind of, we, we touched on it, but this is very random, but we've had like a lot of different couches (laughs) since, since we've like made a few different moves and I have gotten our last three couches, either secondhand or this like current one, I got it free via, um, buy nothing. And I always get a question if I share about something like a couch, which you've done like now, I'm, I think we got, um, my daughter's like her past bed, a secondhand, this one was given to us by a family member, but which is technically secondhand too. But, um, but like things like that, like bigger, uh, furniture items that you're like sleeping Holstered on, or sitting on, you know, um, I always get the question of like, oh, but how do you like know that it's actually clean or are you worried about bed bugs or whatever else could be on it? Um, What do you do to like ease your mind of those things and I guess fully inspect it? (laughs) Yeah. So it used to be something that I just didn't thrift anything upholstered. I would just skip. Like, I think I kind of came into it as I need to be able to fully wipe it down and clean it or be able to throw it in my washing machine. And I think that's a fine entry point to secondhand. But then I quickly realized like I can learn the signs of bed bugs. Um, And so I did. And you can Google um, what bed bugs look like. You can look um, Google where to look on items, like where they're most likely to show up on a bed frame, where they're most likely to show up on couches, mattresses, things like that. Um, And that's something that I check for now. Um, I also, this, there's not really like any kind of real reasoning behind this. It just feels better in my mind. Um, Knowing that an item comes from one home on Facebook marketplace feels better to me sometimes than not that I wouldn't buy things at the thrift store, but the thrift store, like all the different upholstered items are coming in together from multiple homes versus going to one home and getting something from Facebook marketplace. Like would I even question going to someone's house and sleeping over like someone I knew house and sleeping over? Probably not. Um, so it kind of feels like that to me on Facebook marketplace. And then I always, before I go pick anything up, I always ask, um, if there's any smoking or any cats, no offense to people who have cats, but cat urine is like absolutely impossible to get out of things. Like, I don't want things that dogs have peed on either. Um, but cats, like you can smell cats forever. Um, after a cat has been around an item, like if it's like sprayed on it or, um, whatever you call that. So those are the two things I typically ask. Um, I also feel like cats, there's like the cat clawing damage on couches and things that aren't always shown in listings, but you can show up and there's like cat claws. Um, 
And then whenever I get somewhere, I sniff the items just because I've learned from, I, I have brought home a rug one time that like, a cat had clearly peed on and I hadn't sniffed it. So now I'm like, get in there with my nose and like sniff out any couch. Like you can tell a lot that way, like of the smoke. And if you ever get to a situation where you're picking up something and the house just does not feel clean to you like you can always say like oh this actually wasn't exactly the color i was expecting or the size i was expecting i don't think this is going to work and back out you know like um i feel like in facebook marketplace pictures too i'm always looking around at the rest of the room not that it needs to be like pristine or um you know like super like nice looking but i just want it to not look like filthy <laughs> in inside the house and I feel like you can usually kind of look around in the in the different pictures to see the backgrounds of rooms like is there trash all over the floor um did they take the time to like clean off clean off trash or whatever off the top of a dresser it just tells you maybe a little bit more about how people are upkeeping and cleaning their cleaning their furniture um so those are kind of things that I keep in mind when when I'm buying something. We did get beds this time secondhand. Um, and I just immediately ordered bed bags for them. And I checked them for bed bugs, vacuumed them, and then stuck them right into those um, like bed bag protect bed bug protector mattress covers. Um, and someone on my Instagram told me that they are a professional bed bug dog sniffing trick. <laughs> dog trainer for dogs that sniff out bed bugs in New York City. And wow. they told me that the way I was going about checking for bed bugs on the mattresses and packing it up was perfect. So now nice. <laughs> so that felt validating to you are you know, professional. Like That's like, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so um, and that felt good to us this time. Like, I don't know. I feel like that's cleaner than any hotel I've ever stayed at, or you know, I didn't think I would do secondhand mattresses before, but now it really isn't grossing me out. There weren't any stains on them. There were no signs of bed bugs. People move so frequently, you know, like people yeah. move for all different reasons, get rid of mattresses for all different reasons. You know, it's not that things are old and dirty and, and you know, um, need to be cast out on the curb. So, yeah. Yeah. So true. Yeah. I, our crib mattresses secondhand, like I just am, I don't really think twice about things. Maybe I should, but I kind of inspect things in a similar way that you do. But for some reason, I've always felt pretty comfortable with a secondhand couch. I'm not going to like walk into a place and it looks terrible and still take it. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, of course. But I just think, you know, we go to public places, we sit on public couches or like, like you said, going over to someone else's house, like you're going to sit on their couch. You might be there for a few hours sitting there and we right. don't think about it. So I don't know. Sometimes I think there's just a stigma, although there are reasons to inspect and, you know, yeah, of course, of ask course questions. Our last couch, I had steam cleaned too. I didn't do that on the couch here. Um, mostly because I just didn't have a number of someone and I didn't go out seeking it, but I knew someone who did it in Los Angeles. And so I just had our couch steam cleaned when we got it. Um, and that was, a nice, I mean, it was still like, I don't know, like literally, I think like $2,500 cheaper than it would have been new. And I yeah. think I paid $100 to get it steam cleaned. Um, so if you're a person that feels, um, you know, like nervous about that, I think that's definitely a good option for you is like just considering the cost of having something professionally cleaned. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, this is a fun conversation. I feel like we could continue talking forever about it. So I will rein it in and I will ask you my two questions that I ask every guest. So my first question, which I, I'm sure I asked you these three years ago, and I'm sure they're very different. So I'm asking them again. Um, the first one is what is something that you're simplifying right now? Um, a routine for school. So my daughter just started going to preschool. We're just doing two days a week right now, which I honestly feel like complicates it because I have to have the routine for the other days too. Um, and we're on like the two nap schedule still over here, which of course is 
napping at pick up and drop and drop off time. Um, so just simplifying like when we pack lunches, all all the things about school um, is what we're simplifying right now. Yeah, it's a good good time to be doing that. Yeah. We just had to have like a whole morning routine overhaul over here too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then my second question is what's something that you're loving right now? Okay. I have recently discovered, I know this is, I'm very late to the game here, but I've recently discovered chalk paint and I'm not using it to like make anything look shabby chic at all, which is kind of what I, um, thought the purpose of chalk paint was. Um, but I've just been using it. I just redid the play. I'm working on redoing this little playroom area and my dog. I'm not loving my dog right now. <laughs> That's okay. Don't worry. Um, it just gives a really nice matte finish. You don't have to sand anything. You don't have to seal it really. Um, it went on so quickly, so easily and like covered up this really dark paint. So I just feel like I'm getting onto the chalk paint train, like maybe a decade late. I'm going to be like really obsessed with getting like things in chalk painting them all the time. So I feel like there's going to be a lot of that happening on my Instagram. People are going to be like, um, yeah, we've been doing this for 10 years. What do you, what have you been doing? <laughs> no, chalk paint's great. I did two sets of cabinets with chalk paint. Oh, you did? I'm never going to paint cabinets again, but it was, it was good while it lasted. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did it last? It did. Yeah. I mean, like while that house lasted, cause I live in a new house. So. Right. 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 But yeah. It lasted pretty well for what it's worth. I did one white, one set of cabinets white and like, I had to touch them up after two years there, but what, like just swipe your brush. Not yeah. a big deal. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Well, this was fun. Um, thank you for making time to talk to me about your move and everything. It was just fun to catch up as well. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me, Desiree. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and I hope that it gave you some kind of new idea when it comes to secondhand shopping or secondhand selling. I love the idea of kind of batch selling or batch buying items, finding someone on Marketplace or whatever secondhand app you're using that might be selling something from their living room and sending them a list of other things you might be looking for for your living room to see if they're moving and getting rid of more stuff. And you can also do this the other way around, whether it's on Buy Nothing or Facebook Marketplace. Listing all of your items from one room at once is a great way to get rid of things a little bit faster. That is such a great strategy that I learned from Kat and will be definitely using in the future. Also, I hope an action step that you take from this episode is that if you are not a part of a buy nothing group, or if you don't know what buy nothing is, I hope you look it up. You can go to Facebook and look up buy nothing and search your area kind of along with that and see if there is a group in your area. It's a great way to donate and get rid of stuff. It's a great way to find new things, keep it in the community, and meet people in your community as well. That is all I have for today's episode. Thank you so much for listening in. If you enjoyed it, I would love it if you'd share it with a friend or share it on social media, Instagram, wherever you like to share things. I am so grateful for you for being here, for sharing, for listening in, and I will talk to you right here again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.